I just wonder, who is he to you? 
What revelation has he given you of who he is? See if they can transition here to this other microphone. Because God has a revelation for you through his word. 2014, guys, I cannot even begin to tell you what God has for you in his word and through his word in 2014 if you will grab hold of him, if you will grab hold of the word of God with everything in you. By the time we sit in this room a year from now, you will be unrecognizable. So great is the power and the authority of the Word of God. Whatever you struggle with, whatever your questions are, anything that is going on in you that you just can't settle, God can settle your issues. God can heal you. God can deliver you. But you won't know that unless you are in His Word and He brings revelation of those facts. Are you excited about what God has for you? I hope you are. Can you stand with me today as we get into the Word of God? This is one of the, the most familiar passages. It used to frighten me to no end when I was young with the thought of the Word of God being sharper than a double-edged sword, cutting away the sins that I was so used to in my life. And But now it has become something so much more to me. So let's read together. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Help us, Jesus. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And then a second. You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Father, I thank you for the living and enduring word of God. I thank you that it is sharp and that it is active. And I thank you, Father, that the moment we invite your word to have his way in our life, Father, everything begins to change. So, Father, I'm going to ask you this morning, God. I am asking of you, Father. I'm asking for a passionate pursuit in the hearts of your people this morning. What wasn't there when they came in today, Father, let it be there as they leave today, God. I pray for a seed to be planted in their lives today, God, that will cause them to hunger and thirst after you, Father. I pray when they leave here that, I would, that they would say, I want to know that God. I want to know what everything he has, who he is. I want to know that God. Let that be birthed in this room today, Father, I thank you. I ask that everything that is of me fall and be forgotten, and everything that is of you stand and produce fruit. And they all said, Amen. Amen. Oh my goodness. I don't even know where to start, but I guess I already have. So I guess I did know where to start. I'm so excited about this word. This is a passion topic for me. I know I'm not very passionate about a lot of things. You're like, yeah, right. Um, but this one gets me. And the reason that this one gets me is for the exact reason that Kevin was sharing. If God has done something in your life in the area of tithes and offerings, if he has done a work and you have a testimony, share it. For the same reason, I feel like I have to stand here today and tell you this testimony. I have to let you... Um, Grab hold of that which has 
grabbed hold of me, if you don't mind. I just, this passionate place in the Word of God, and I was so excited. I wanted to run in this direction, and then I wanted to run in that direction, and I wanted to tell you this, and, but I wanted to tell you that too, and, and I got so tickled at myself. It made me think about my uh, grandson, Parker. He's two and a half. I know I talk about him a lot, but grandparents, you understand that, and those who don't have, you will one day, and so it was Christmas Day, and he had opened his gifts, and I, he was at home, so I wasn't with him, and so Caitlin was over there and had not Skyped. She had uh, FaceTimed him in, and he was so excited, and, and he, he kind of speaks of himself in third person. So he was like, Nana, Bubba got a bike. He calls himself Bubba. <laughs> We're working on that. Nana, Bubba got a bike. And he's in his bedroom, and, and he's showing me how he can climb up on his bike, and then all of a sudden he remembers, you have to wear a helmet when you're on a bike. So he, he, even if it's on your carpet in your bedroom. And so he jumps down, and he runs, and he gets the helmet, and he puts it on his head. He doesn't latch it. So when he gets up and starts to get on the bike, it falls over the other side of it. So, of course, he gets down, and he runs around the other side of the bike. And this goes on and on and on until all of a sudden he remembers he got a tent. Nana, Bubba got a tent. <laughs> <laughs> what's funny as I see Katie she's holding the phone and here's Parker and you can see Katie running trying to keep the camera on him <clears throat> he gets to the tent and my dedicated daughter crawls through the tent with him giving me the inside view of Bubba in his tent and he's all happy and good and then all of a sudden it strikes him oh wait but wait there's more and then the Ginsu knives you know it's just all of a sudden that's how I feel with this word. So, Katie, bring your phone. We're going to run <laughs> from side to side. I just, I, there are so many things. And the first thing I asked them, God, do you want me to just share with them, talk to them about how to read the word? Because, God, if you know how to read the word, it changes everything. And then it just dropped in my spirit. It's going to do you no good to know how to read the word if you don't want to read the word. Guys, let me tell you something. I, I was so tempted to have everyone under the age of 35 shift to this side of the room and because my heart this morning is for the kids. My heart this morning, because there are things, if you could get now, you could avoid so much. I wish I had grabbed... These are things that I knew that I didn't obey, that God could have done... Uh, so many different things in my life if I had just listened and obeyed, if I had grabbed hold of how powerful the Word of God is. And if I can impart anything to you today, grab hold of this. Listen with your spirits this morning, okay, guys? 18 under, 25 under, 25 to 35, man, you better grab hold with both hands because God has something He can take today and He can change your future. If you will grab hold of this today, you will be amazed at what God can do in your lives. And I, I'm just, I'm so excited about that. But what the Lord began to do is I began to just pray. I told you a long time ago, I didn't really care for the word in the beginning. I found it confusing and I found it just, it, to me there was not life in it because I had no understanding of what life was. It also required a discipline that I didn't have in my life. I didn't like the word discipline, nor did I like how it was applied in my life. So, and that carried over into every aspect of my life. Guys, the word discipline is a good word. When used rightly, when you can discipline yourself to the word of God, everything changes. But 
in that point, I told you a long time ago, I didn't care much for it until God prompted in my spirit to pray a prayer. And the prayer was, God, please give me a love for your word. Please give me a love for your word. Can you just kind of say that out loud? God, please give me a love for your word. Ooh. I love when I catch you unaware and you do something you weren't expecting to do. And all of a sudden, boom, there you are. God, give me a love for your word. Now, I shared that with you, but what I didn't share with you was the process through which he did that. And so in the beginning, I tried to discipline myself to it. Once again, like I said, I did not like the word discipline. And so it just felt like a chore to me. So what I did is what most of us do. We get a Bible plan and a whole lot of determination, and we sit down with our checklist, and we read the passages that we must read for that day. We check them off, and we feel as if we have accomplished something, right? Not you guys? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's just, it was just me. And so one day I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm talking to God, and I do that a lot. And uh, when I say this, I don't want to, to scare anyone. I'm not talking about when I say God spoke to me. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about an impression, a scripture, a thought that he brings into my spirit that you grab hold of. Most of you know that. Um, but I'm like reading the word, and, and I'm thinking, and I just kind of picked it up. And I tossed it over onto the couch, respectfully. Um, I just kind of tossed it over onto the couch, and I went, Oh, God, I do not mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> I know. <isn't> it? <laughs> it's where I was, okay? God, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but this stuff is about as dry as the deserts that I'm reading about. I mean, give me a promise book and leave me alone. But... It was, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, God, I want to love it. I want to care about it. I want to do this, but I'm just not connected to these people. This is a history book, and you know I'm not good at history. You know, I never liked history. I mean, Hal and Pastor Ronnie, they can quote dates and times and battles and, you know, everything and lay it all out there. And I'm like, I didn't know that was in there. You know, <laughs> I'm more likely to go, no. I'm sure that the general was very upset by the notion of going to war whenever it was he went to war. You know, <laughs> because we're wired a little bit differently. But as I began to sit, as I was sitting there that day, I love when God speaks your language. I love when he speaks your language. And that's what he began to do. He began to drop things in my spirit. And I'm like, God, I don't understand. These people are strange. I don't... Oh, man, all of a sudden a Doors song came to my mind. Where's that from? But, uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thought that was out of my system a long time ago. <laughs> Come back. Come back. Um, and, I, and I'm like, okay, God, I, I really need a connection. He said, you're looking at it all wrong. You are stepping into the word like you are visiting a land that you're about to leave. I want you to step into it and look at it like it's somewhere you're getting ready to live. I want you to embrace it and get to know it like you are going to begin to dwell there. He said, you, until you know a land, until you know a place, you can't love a place. And until you love a place, 
It will never become a part of you. But once you know it and you love it and it becomes a part of you, the thing that you call a desert is, becomes such a, an oasis, a place of beauty because you love it. And then he said this to my spirit, and then it just went off in me like a light bulb. He said, Barbie, if you want to get to know this place, connect this place, you have to walk the fields. And all of a sudden, the farm girl in me woke up because I grew up on a farm. We had acres of gardens. And I understood when he said, walk the fields, I can tell you, those fields, my papa's fields, they, I, 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 could, I could walk them blindfolded. I could tell you what it looks like when you would walk out there and the, 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 the ground was hard and it hadn't been turned yet. I can tell you what it looked like, what it smelled like when that tractor would run through and turn that soil for the first time. I can tell you the streaks in the clay, the gray and the sand and the orange that was there, the smell that would come from that. And then I can tell you what it looks like when there are furrows and there are feet prints where little barefooted people walk through planting the seed. I can tell you what those fields look like when the, the, the seed becomes life and it begins to spring through the ground. I can tell you what it looks like, what it feels like when it begins to grow and produce fruit and the corn rises up and gets tall and you can walk through it. And the smell is so amazing. I can tell you about my papa's fields. I loved those. I played in it. I stayed in it. I built my nest under the trees at the edge of the gardens. If my grandmother could not find me, she knew I was under a tree at the edge of the, at the, edge of the garden with a book in my hand. That's where she'd find me. So great was my love of those fields. And so when the Lord dropped that in my spirit, I love that he knows our secrets. I love that he knew how I loved that place. And so in order to touch a deep part of me, he touched that place. I love that he knows us well enough to do that. And so when he said, walk the fields, all of a sudden everything exploded in me. And I went, oh, God, I can do that. I can do that. And so I began to open the word. And instead of looking at a 6,000-year-old painted mural on a ceiling or on a wall or on a picture that would be in the middle of my Bible, what happened is I began to bring it forward and to Photoshop myself into the picture. I photobombed forever. <laughs> Joseph in the dungeon. <laughs> Moses going by in the basket. The potential is endless. You should so try it. Three Hebrew children. You have to read it to know what that means. <laughs> it came so alive to me when it became a homeland, when I began to think of it in terms of, these are my people. I know you don't you think I got a other kind of people, but <laughs> these are my people, these are my ancestors. These are your ancestors. Ancestry.com got nothing on this. Before you go to Ancestry.com, I would encourage you to go to Bible.com. I think that's, a, I don't know if that's the one. <laughs> I don't know, buy a Bible. 
But I began to open the word. And when I would open the word, one of the most important prayers I prayed in, my lo- in de- developing a love for the word is I said, God, I really want to do this. And see, let me jump over here just a second. I didn't want to study the word and get into the word because I wanted to be a teacher. I definitely didn't do it because I wanted to be a pastor. Actually, those were deterrents. Those were things <laughs> I thought... I know enough of the word to know that the more I know, the more accountable I would become for what I know. And so I decided to know little so little would be required. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, that's nervous laughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the less you know, the less you get. I like that. Say that again. Truth. Truth. It's easy, it's easy to say in truth or Bruce. but the more you know and I would open it up and I would be I prayed and I said God just help me make this connection give me one thing just one thing about each person that gives them a pulse for me so that they can become human and not just some one dimensional uh, feature of this page and he began to do that and I began to fall in love with the people Um, Jeremiah those of you who know me know I love Jeremiah and what a strange prophet to love seriously he cries a lot he's dramatic actually that prepared me for raising children but (laughs) jeremiah so much drama but he was so obedient to god so obedient and i would get tickled actually my favorite life verse one of my favorites comes from jeremiah 12 5 it says if if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you how then will you contend with the horses And I thought, we can run with horses? What if you could? What if you could stop being mediocre? What if you could stop living in the the least amount required of you and actually run with the horses? What if you could be one of the leaders? What if you are one of the leaders? And all God is waiting for you to do is embrace his word so that he can birth in you all of the things that he already sees in you. But the word of God, I would open it up and and it would just, um, Jeremiah, one of the things that struck me was, he's so dramatic. He's so dramatic. And I'm sorry that he was having a bad day, but at one point he says, oh, that my mother would have just killed me when I was born. You don't find that funny? (laughs) I find that so funny. I've been there. (laughs) And it's sad in the moment, but in retrospect, it's actually really kind of funny. And one of the things that I love about him is he does what we do. He talks to God in a a real manner. and, And I love at one point he's talking to God and he says, God, I know that you are righteous, but how many times In your life, have you gone, God, I know you told me, but. God, I know I'm called to, but. God, I know it's wrong, but. I know I shouldn't, but. And I love what he says. He says, God, I know you are righteous, but. I would speak with you about your justice. God, I know that you're righteous, but I don't get this. And then he goes on to talk to him about why the wicked prosper. But I love that relationship that he has with God, that he can have that kind of conversation. Do you have those kind of conversations with him? 
God is so faithful. Another one that I love that people don't talk about very much is Deborah. Deborah is amazing. And I can kind of get in trouble with De Deborah if I'm not a little bit careful, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's the last message of the year. <laughs> Pastor Ronnie's like, yeah, she's been needing some time off. Um, <laughs> um, that is so funny. I walked into his office one day complaining about something. I just walked to his doorway and I was expecting compassion. He went, Barbie, you need a vacation. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> in my heart, I'm going, I know. He's right. He's right. But Deborah, Deborah, I love the description of her. Do you know who Deborah is? Old Testament, that part of the book. It says, Deborah was a prophet, a wife. This is their description, not mine. This is the order that it says. She was a prophet, a wife, and depending on which version, which translation of the word you're reading, she was either the judge of Israel or, it says, a leader of Israel. It goes on to say, all of the children of Israel came to her for judgment. Talk about a woman in a pulpit. Because the word doesn't say all of the women of Israel came to Deborah for judgment. It says all of the children of Israel came to her. God had given her such a wisdom. But in the middle of that wisdom, the thing that I love is that she kept her priorities right. Young people, priorities. God, family, work. Can you say that with me? Grown-ups, as a matter of fact. Grown-ups, what are the priorities? God, family, and work. Anytime, Hal will tell you, because he tells us all the time, anytime these things get messed up in your life, your life is not going to flow the way it's supposed to. The blessings that are supposed to be there will not be there in the way that they would have been there. God, say it with me again, God, family, work. And then go home and examine, is it God, family, work? Is that where you're living your life? Because if you are, then you already know it. And if you're not, you already know it too. Balance, it will bring balance in your life. But what the word that happened, the, the Lord began to take me into the word, Shemi, Shemay, whatever his name is, Shemi. Do you know who he is? I love the little characters. They're awesome. Shemi is the, the man from the house of Saul who came out and began to throw rocks and curse at David. Now, why would I like him? Well, I like him because he's a repeat offender. And so are we. I love that he goes out and it says that he throws, he curses at King David and he throws rocks. And the men who are with King David say, let us just take the dog out. And David said, no, leave him alone. It could be, could be that this is what God would have it happen in this moment. And somehow we think that it ends in that moment because that's the part that we hear all the time. But my favorite part is the part that comes after it. And it says, David and his men continued walking and Shemi stayed on the hillside next to them, cursing and throwing stones as they went until they all rested. Can you see that? I mean, seriously, some of you might not get this, but some of you older people will. Is that not an Ernest T. Bass and Andy Griffith kind of moment? 
seriously. The patience of Andy, the crazy of Ernest T. And I see that, and see, that's what God does. When you begin to ask him to give them flesh and blood, I can close my eyes, I can step into this word of God, and all of a sudden, I can see the expression on Mary's face as the angel is before him. I mean, here's this, who we would call a child, standing, and the angel is telling her what's going to happen, and her words are, be it unto me, as you have said. I can see her face. I can just see her face. I can see Moses as he says, you want me to do what? I can close my eyes and I can hear the sound of waves crashing back upon waves, roll upon roll as the ocean parts and that hand is out and the children of Israel walk through on dry ground. I can see Caleb having come out of the land, spying the land with hands full of grapes, these huge, monstrous grapes in his hands, going, we can take the land. And I can see the ten standing beside him going, no, we can't. I can see Joshua. I can just imagine Joshua like a brother. He's going, I've got to march around this thing one more time. God, I'm believing you one more time. And I can just see this determination on his face as he decides to take that last lap. And then I can see the smile begin to break across his face as he hears the stones begin to rumble, as he begins to hear a wall that was impenetrable begin to crumble. And I can just see this smile break out and the rejoicing begin. I can see Miriam with her tambourine on the other side of the water dancing that tambourine flying as she rejoices in what God has done. I can see Lazarus. Did I hear a voice? What was that come forth? Can you just see Lazarus begin to pull off those grave cloths? Can you see him? He could not get out of those fast enough. Can you see him begin to peel that off as he steps into a life he never expected? I can see Zacchaeus in the tree and I can hear the crowd far off. I can hear the crowd shouting because Jesus is coming through and Zacchaeus is waiting and he's waiting for this one to come. And then Jesus actually speaks to him. I can see the woman with the issue of blood as she pushes through the crowd and she fights for just one more time. Just once, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. And I can see that little hand just reach out and grab the hem of his garment. And in my spirit, I see her head go back and I see the Holy Spirit just flow through the virtue of God healing this woman that nobody could heal. That's what I get when I open the Word of God. They are alive. They are tangible. They are real. They are your people. They are your ancestors. They are your friends. They are your examples in Christ. They are your encouragers. That is your homeland. These are your people. Never, for one moment, do not get so comfortable in this world that you forget you're not home yet. Never forget, kids, this is not your home. This is not your home. You're not home yet. Don't live like you are. 
seriously. We have so much awaiting us, and the enemy doesn't want us to know that. He wants us to forget that there is life in these pages and that this tells us the story of where we've been, where we are, and where we are going. It's all here. And see, why is it so important? Why is it so important that you fall in love with the Word of God? Why, why, I mean, you've heard it from the time of childhood. This, uh, you, you know, read the Word, read the Word, read the Word. Because there are still absolute truths in this life. And they're here. Your culture, the people around you, the, 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 the way of the world will tell you that there are no longer absolutes, that there is no absolute truth, and if there is an absolute truth, then you are intolerant. There are absolute truths, and the enemy doesn't want you to know them. God is not ambivalent. In a world full of grays, this is your black and white. If you are tired, oh, gray can be so comfortable. And it is so much easier to lower our standards than to expect a higher level of excellence from ourselves. Y'all don't like me anymore now. It's okay. I'm healing. Either it's true or it's not. And if it is true, why aren't we doing it? If it isn't true, then why are you here? Why am I here? If this isn't true, not just the Psalms part, not just the Proverbs part, but all of the things where it says you should or you shouldn't, and, and perhaps it's a good idea if... <laughs> doesn't say that. Not once. It might be a good idea if you did this. But we kind of live like it might be a good idea if we did that. No, God is very black and white. And why is that important? Because if there are no absolutes, what are you basing your life on? If nothing is really true, if everything is a perception, my, my, freshman, my college freshman English teacher, the first assignment she gave us was, I want you to go home and I want you to write a paper on truth. And if any of you come in here and use the words, the Bible is the truth, you get an automatic F. And I could go into what I wrote for her and what I did and how I got the Word of God into, the, into that. But um, from the very beginning, they didn't want us to know there is a truth. Why is it important? Because if not, you know what you're going to base your decisions on? You're going to base your decisions on what you want to do. And it amazes me, seriously. I'm going to meddle a bit here, Alan, if that's okay. I'm going to... It amazes me how many of us decide what to do, where to go, what we should do, how we should serve, based on whether we want to or not. Our decisions are based on what we think is good or bad rather than what is right or wrong, and that's a big difference. I have... We need Sunday school teachers. We need teachers for children on Wednesday night. We've had to cancel classes because there are no teachers for our kids on Wednesday night. Because when we ask people, would you be willing to teach this class, just for seven weeks will you teach this class, repeatedly we get, oh, I don't want to do that. Or I'm not called to do that. 
It's not my calling to do that. Well, if you know this word, you are called to serve. You are called to pour out into the lives of children. Absolutely, there's not one person in this room who is immune from this charge. You write it on their foreheads. You imprint it on their hearts. You speak to the children day by day of what the Word says. Every single one of you are called to do that. Some of you may actually get the opportunity to do it if you will just say yes. If you will just say yes. And obedience is not birthed in our flesh by our desire. It's birthed by the word of God. It's birthed by the truth of the word. And if you will allow God, and I'm going to get the band to come up if you would. If you will allow God to create in you a desire to walk these fields, what you will see is that even those things you thought you were called to do or the desires you thought you had, they're going to change The Word tells us that He will give us the desires of our heart. That doesn't mean that if you want a car, He's going to give you a car. What it means is if we delight ourselves in Him, the desires of our heart change. When you begin to delight in the Word of God, you might want to teach. Because let me tell you something. I watched Justin Bashir's When he grabbed hold of the Word of God, he teaches everywhere he goes. He is, so, he is the definition. If you look up the word full in the dictionary, it's got his picture beside it. Like, <laughs> so full of the Word of God is he. You don't know. I didn't know what God had in store for me until I fell in love with the Word of God. And let me tell you one last thing. We're going to go where we went in first service, if that's okay. Guys, young people, Jenna, is that Jenna, you're sitting there, aren't you? Baby doll, you got an anointing on your life as a worship leader. I know sometimes we run from things, especially if our parents have a gift in that, and we don't want anything to do with that because we might look like them. (laughs) But you have an anointing on your life. If you will pursue him, you have a a worship anointing. I just want to see you with your head thrown back and your arms in the air, pouring out everything that's in you for him. Guys, in this youth group, there are teachers, there are pastors, there are evangelists that you don't even know what God has for you. But let me tell you something. Until you read this for yourself, for yourself, not just the Psalms, not just the Proverbs, not just the parts that you like, until you pick this up and you read it cover to cover for yourself, you will walk in places of deception in your life because you don't know what God has said to you. I can do my best to tell you the truth, and Pastor can do his best to tell you the truth, but the revelation of God in your life, only you can get from God himself. Read this word. I told first service, if I could beg you, if I thought it would make any difference, if I could hit my knees and beg you to read this word, I would do it. Because what I would see is a room full of servants, a room full of leaders, a room full of people who are healed and whole and sanctified and walking in everything that God has called them to do. That is the power of the Word of God in your life. And let me tell you something. This Word is alive. This Word is alive. Now, if you all need some prayer warriors, if you have never developed a passion for the Word of God. We're going to pray for you this morning. 
we're going to pray that God would just awaken this in you. And the rest of us, we're going to worship. Prayer warriors, would you come? Come full of the word, ready to speak the word over those that would come to you. The rest of us, can you stand with me? And we're just going to tell him, there is no one like you. There is no one.
Father, I'm asking you, with all of your power and your authority, Father, that you would draw each into the field, Father. That you would draw each, Father, into the shadow of your trees, Father. I pray, Lord, that they would come to know the fields of the Lord. Father, that they would live, that they would love, that they would play, that they would plant in the fields of the Lord, God. And that they would always, always remember that they are not home yet. We love you. We bless you. And we thank you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, the Son. And they all said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.